Alright, and welcome back to Dynasty Kings. We are on episode 15, and we are talking about a team that I am super excited to get into. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on all of our social medias at Dynasty Kings Pod to stay connected to what we are doing. Uh, but today, we are talking the New England Patriots and the fall of the dynasty, whether you want to admit it or not. It's true. It's goddamn true. So you know you know how we get it going. So we're going to talk about the players we love. Honestly, this was hard for me to come up with. I feel like I don't like a lot of players on this team. So Kyle, why don't you get us started? Yeah, it's a exciting time when we're negative about the Patriots for the first time in a long time, especially as a Bills fan. It's an exciting time to be in the AFC East, to say the least. Um, but there are some talents I do like on this team. Uh, it is definitely an aging group, to say the least. So I think that's why me and Luke both struggled. We both kind of look for younger talents, especially when you look at Dynasty. Like, I don't really want a lot of these guys because of their age. I don't know if you feel the same way, Luke. Oh, easily. Yeah, I'm not touching most of these guys with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, exactly. But there are some guys that are nice. Um, and I know Luke's probably pretty pissed I took this first guy because I know he would have talked about him if I didn't. And that's Nikhil Harry. Um, Nikhil Harry was my number one wide receiver from the 2019 class. Uh, that was pre-draft and even after he was drafted to the Patriots. Um, but I just think he's an extremely talented player that should bounce back. He had some injuries to start off his rookie season. And by the time he came back, I think he was just way too late. Um, to get into a rhythm with Tom Brady. Like he just was like behind the chains, didn't know the system well enough. I just think year two will be really kind to Harry. I mean, he's got a year two quarterback stepping into the fold with him and Jared Stidham, who I don't know if I believe in the guy or not, but either way, um, he's going to be looking for new opportunities and new connections, like an established talent like Julian Edelman. I don't know how he's going to fit with Stidham. Meanwhile, like another guy who's like very similar to his age and Nikhil Harry, I could just see that going well for the guy. And as long as he stays healthy with another full off season, I just, this is a talented player. Like don't give up on him. Yeah. I'm, I like Nikhil Harry. I thought it was interesting when they drafted him last year. Cause they, I, you almost can count on the Patriots to trade back every single draft. Yeah. And and they actually stayed where they were and took Nikhil Harry. I really liked him last season. I didn't think he was a better prospect than DK Metcalf, but I really liked him last season. Um, it was disappointing, to say the least, in the five games he actually started. He only put up 24 targets, or 24 targets, 12 receptions, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. Like, it was... To say the least, it wasn't a very good uh, season for him. So I'm hoping he can rebound. I think a lot of this goes on to Jared Stidham, but ah, who knows? Like I, we have, there's so many questions about that guy himself. It's it's hard to guess really where they're going to be. Yeah, no, for sure. I just think, you know, his price tag right now compared to what his price tag was last year, I think he's just worth the buy. Like, even if it doesn't pan out, like, you have to take swings at those guys. Like, you, like this is a guy who went um, – I saw him go 1.1 in a handful of leagues. Like, you know what I mean? Like, really? Yeah, dude. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? Or at least in the top five. Like, and – well, it, it, it was all the hype from being drafted to the Patriots, Exactly. But, honestly. I mean, if you can get a guy who was drafted in the top five last year for, like, a third or a second, like, come on. Like, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so let's let's segue a bit. Let's talk about one of the older guys on the offense. Um, I like him because I feel like he brings more versatility to the team. That's James White. The guy's old, okay? He's not young. He's like 28 at this point, which is old in football terms. He is also not a rushing threat. The guy does not run the ball a lot. What he does is tears you up on receiving. He's literally like Christian McCaffrey if Christian McCaffrey couldn't run the ball. In last season alone, he put up 72 receptions for 645 yards and five TDs. Besides Julian Edelman, this guy had the most receiving yards of any other player on the team. Take that in. I think that he is very he's, – he's worth taking a waiver on in Dynasty just because of the points he puts up. If you're trying to win now, he is probably your best bet, considering the fact that the other two running backs in the, in the backfield there are very run-dominant. So you're going to ha- always have a running back by committee situation there. However, you can always count on James White to be the receiving back in that situation. I view James White as like an RB3 flex player, but with potential to be an RB2 depending on how many yards he gets this season with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I don't hate buying it to James White. Um, and a rookie quarterback shouldn't. You know, it shouldn't affect his numbers that much because they'll check down just as much as Mr. Checkdown himself, Tom Brady. Um, so <laughs> so I don't know if there'll be much change. You know what I mean? It's not like he's going from uh, Russell Wilson to, you know, to rookie quarterback. Uh, <laughs> no shots at Brady. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, shots no, but like, I, I think he'll have a good season. My one thing is, you know, um, just buy the guy this year. If you're going to buy him, I think White's out next year his contract expires oh, yeah and same with burkhead and that's actually an easy transition for me um and that's why i'm buying another guy in that backfield right now and that's damien harris as i just mentioned you know james white he's a great buy this year as luke said but next year he's going somewhere else we don't know where and we're not sure where he'll fit um and uh rex burkhead are both gone at the end of this season and the way that this team is going i don't see why they would bring back either it just doesn't make sense to me from a, like a team standpoint. They seem to try to be getting younger right now. They got more picks in the draft uh, this season. And overall, I think a lot of the age on this team is going to be out the door. So Harris has a big opportunity. Um, he didn't really see the field at all year one, sadly, um, even with the bad backfield in front of him. But, you know, he was really impressive in college. He started three or four seasons. His first year, he was behind Derrick Henry. And then the next three years, he was the starter. Uh, he ran for 477 times for 3,000 yards and 23 touchdowns, another 400 through the air. So this is a guy who can do it all. And that's why I bring those numbers up. This is this is a guy who can handle the work, the workload. And we've seen what Michelle is, and I don't like that. And I don't know why the Patriots would like that. So it would be interesting to see what Harris can do. Yeah, you know, I think me and you have some differing opinions on Sony Michelle. I'm not sure he's done yet, but we can get into that later. I do like Damian Harris. The thing is, is you haven't seen a lot from the guy in the pros. In two games, he only put up four rushing yards. Or sorry, in four rushes for twelve yards. Yeah, I mean that's you can't uh, really even judge that sample size. Like, yeah. like he's young. He's only he's going into his twenty three year twenty three year season. Uh, you know what? He played at a great power five school, so it'll be interesting to see 
what he brings to the table. Am I convinced he's the future of that running back core? Not really. Am I convinced Sony Michelle is the future too? And not really either. But like, I think it's a toss up between the two of these guys. Both of them were prolific runners in college and so far haven't had the opportunity to really pop off in the pro. Yeah, I don't see that. But Michelle's been given the opportunity. I'm going to touch on this more. And Harris hasn't yet because Michelle makes my hate list um, big time. But I don't think Harris has been given the chance yet. So once he does, then we can really answer that question. But to say, as you just said, it's a toss-up between the two of them. When you can get Harris 10 rounds later in a startup, why would you not buy him? Well, my only condition on Damian Harris is the whole season last year, uh, Sony Michelle on the depth chart was the starter with James White as the second back, Rex Burkhead is yep. the third back, and then Damian Harris is the fourth. I don't think they change up Rex Burkhead because I think Burkhead is their change of pace back. I think James White isn't going anywhere on that depth chart because of what he brings to the pass game. Damian Harris just can't replicate. And I guess he'd be competing with Sony Michelle for starter minutes, but uh, starter playtime. But I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting. He might be another year or two before he really breaks yeah, out. Yeah, I could see it being next season. Yeah. So let's transition really quick to the defensive side of the ball. And I want to talk about. In my opinion, besides Stefan Gilmore, this guy is the only bright spot on this defense. That's Chase Winovich. He had a productive rookie season. 25 tackles, uh, four tackles for a loss, five and a half sacks for 37 yards total. Um, he had an interesting rookie season. I think you could tell that he was getting acclimated to the new uh, to the new system in New England and whatnot, it definitely wasn't Michigan for him. Uh, he is a little small to be an edge rusher. He's only 250 pounds. However, he did demonstrate flashes of opportunity. The fact that the Patriots literally have nobody else on that defense who's going to be able to pass rush after losing Jamie Collins. And it's literally just Chase Winovich and Dante Hightower. I don't like Dante Hightower. So I'm saying Chase Winovich is the guy going forward for this defense. I really think that if he's given the opportunity, he can succeed. I n- I don't know if he'll ever be a like double digit consistently sack guy, but he could be a seven to eight sack guy for the rest of his career, I believe. And I think that's just what New England needs because I think they're going to be terrible at getting to the quarterback this year. Yeah, I could see them struggling uh, against the quarterback this year, especially if Stidham struggles and they're on the defensive side of the ball a lot. I could see this defense slipping. Um, Chase is a beautiful person. He's got great hair, man. You ever see a picture of him, he man? He's got, he's got like the picture. You ever see like the romance novels with the guy like on the horse, like who's shirtless and like long hair? Like that's yeah. Chase. Like, and I'm definitely rooting for the guy. I could see him getting double digits this year just because of the lack of talent. I could also see him maybe slipping a little bit uh, because because he might get double guarded. Um, and you know what I mean? Like, because of the fact, like, he's, yeah. uh, I think he's probably on his own on the edge. I know they did bring in some new talent, but to have those guys expected to be contributors year one is sometimes a stretch. Yeah, it's, um, it'll be interesting what Chase Winovich does. I really like him because of his YouTube channel. I think his YouTube channel. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy all around, man. He's you know like he's got long legs to share. He seems like a chilled back guy. I hate he's a patriot, but like I like the guy in general. 
Yeah, he's he's like I I want him to succeed. He's one of those guys where like you just want him. Yeah, to succeed. exactly. He's such a good guy. Um, he's not a cheater like Brady, you know. So <laughs> you can actually root for the guy. All right, so uh, we just uh, I guess you could say we loved those players. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but when we well, come we definitely back, we, we definitely love Chase Winovich. That's for sure. <laughs> we definitely love Chase Winovich. No question mark there. Um, but when we come back, we are going to just jump into the players we hate. It's our best part of the show. And I feel like because it's the Patriots, we'll have a lot to say. So make sure you stick around. All right. And we are back. Let's just jump right into it. We are going to slam on some players. I'm going to start. Uh, this is a guy who I never understood the hype about when he came to the Patriots last year. That's Mohamed Sanu. So Sanu came to the Patriots when Antonio Brown did Antonio Brown things. Uh, you know, I don't really think I need to preface anything else on that. Uh, and so Sanu was brought in to be a uh, a depth to the wide receiver core, but also somebody who could potentially be a wide receiver too for this team. And he just crapped the bed. 26 receptions, 207 yards, and a single touchdown. That's it. I don't know. I didn't understand the hype behind bringing him in. In total in his career, since entering the league in 2012, he only has 4,500 yards receiving. And a total of 26 touchdowns. This guy isn't a red zone threat. He's not going to run down the field and grab anything. The most yards he's put up in a season is 838 yards. And he only had four touchdowns to go along with that. I think this guy is all hype. He will be gone from the team at the end of the season. I don't like Mohamed Sanu. If you draft Mohamed Sanu, you are an idiot. Case closed. Yeah. I think that was pretty simple, but I'll agree with everything there. Um, it's pretty interesting. I forget about those early Cincy teams with Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu and AJ Green. And man, that, that wide receiver core was balling, bro. Like, like honestly, you kind of forget about it. Like, cause, and then you look at it, like, I guess Marvin, um, Muhammad Sanu was, I guess, the disappointment from that core because Marvin Jones ended up putting up a pretty respectable career the rest of his uh, resume. Like with the Lions, he's been extremely respectable, to say the least. Um, and Mohamed Sanu has struggled. He, um, he's been kind of third fiddle and second fiddle in Atlanta. Um, and uh, younger talents have definitely surpassed him many times. So I just think – I. Personally, when you're drafting guys later on, like you're drafting depth guys, I hate taking guys like Sanu. I know what I'm getting, and I don't like it. I'd much rather take a swing at somebody. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he's old, too. Like, he's just not worth the risk at this yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, I even in redraft, I'd avoid the guy. I just think, you know, you know what you're getting. There's no real upside there. Like, you know what I mean? He's not going to come off and have a 1,000-yard season. Let's just be honest. You're Yeah, you're never going to see that. Yeah. You're absolutely never going to see that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, for the next player that I dislike personally, um, I know I talked about Damon Harris, obviously, earlier on the show, about somebody that I liked. So, obviously, now I have to bring up Sony Michelle, somebody I dislike personally. And I know Luke's not going to agree with me on this, or we might at least debate it right now. But I just think Michelle has been given a serious opportunity to shine already and hasn't done much with it. Um, he was okay his rookie season, definitely better than year two. Um, but I think really outside of a stretch in 2019 um, – in the not 2019, I'm sorry, the 2018 playoffs, like last year or two years ago, sorry, where he was really, really good. 
um, in that playoff stretch. I just, I'm not a fan of the guy. I think the Patriots are always going to be running back by committee. So obviously that does not help him. And I just, you know, 3.7 yards per carry last year. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think it's interesting to host a whole Sony Michelle situation. I don't necessarily like him, but I do think that he is, he stole this team's lead back as of right now. The thing is, is, even in his rookie season, even last season, the guy put up 900 plus yards. Yeah. You know, and he's a red zone TD guy. Like the guy will barrel through into the end zone. He's a bowling ball in certain situations. Was his yards per attempt a terrible? Was it a terrible? Was it terrible last season? Hell yeah, it was terrible. It was 3.7. You know me. I love my yards per attempt. That wasn't great. But I do think that with a healthy Isaiah win and a proper offensive line, and the fact that they're playing with a rookie quarterback, they're going to be relying on a running back who can just slam the ball down people's throats. And that's what Sony Michelle literally fits the bill for. So I wouldn't be surprised if he still has a good year next year, considering all the stuff going on around him. Yeah, I could see him having a productive year, but this is where if he has a very similar year where he gets like three point something yards per carry, um, 900 yards, let's say, maybe a few more because he'll get the rock. Let's say he gets the rock 300 times this year and he goes north of the thousand, but he still gets like three point something yards per carry. I would be looking to give Harris the rock moving forward. Like, you know what I mean? I'd be looking to move on. Like, yeah, I can see that. I'm just not willing with the talent in that backfield not being incredible. Not saying that Damon Harris isn't a good back. I don't think, I just don't, I don't know how good he is. Really? And I think Sony Michelle just kind of has that beat out, especially since they spent a first-round pick on him a couple years ago. I don't think the draft capital, they're just going to let that guy slide down the depth chart. Yeah, I can see that for sure. I just I think he's been a disappointment for the Patriots all around. Oh, easily, yeah. I, I won't argue that. I won't argue that. Let's segue into my next guy I want to talk about, who I hate. And unfortunately, like you know what? He just hasn't had enough time to play, but that's Jared Stidham. I don't like him. I really don't. You know, I, I use this as an example. I heard this. I think it was Colin Coward. God damn, that guy. He says some weird stuff. But um, I heard Colin Coward say, it. you know, when when the Patriots brought in Garoppolo after they won the Super Bowl against the Falcons, uh, Belichick was completely ready to move on from Brady. And he was ready to give Garoppolo the reins. It was like, we don't need you. Get the hell out of here. See ya. And he was about to give the reins to Jimmy G. Tom Brady pulled a power move, went right to the top, screwed over Belichick. They only got a second-round pick for Jimmy G. Jimmy G went to the Super Bowl last year, regardless if you think it was because of him or not. And when talking about Jared Stidham, you know, Belichick hasn't said anything about him. And that's un-Belichick-like. Because Belichick will highlight when his players do something well, and he just hasn't talked crap about Jared Stidham. You know, Jared Stidham was a guy in high school and in college who was meant to succeed. The guy had documentaries done about him. And he didn't always just produce when he got to college. And so I don't know if he's really ready to take on the Patriots offense. But we'll see. I don't know. It's a check down built offense. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this guy pops off. But... 
I'm hesitant to say the least. Um, yeah, Sidham is a weird one. I don't hate his price tag right now, but I just feel like the Patriots are going to get Trevor Lawrence next year. It just, I hate to say it, it just feels like that's going to happen. Like, it just sucks. Like, you know what I mean? And it, I just see Stidham's resume in college, and all I see is meh. Like, it, it's just meh. Yeah, I've said this before. I honestly thought um, uh, the elite white quarterback, Jake Fromm, that's a joke, <laughs> by the way. I thought he was the perfect fit for oh, this God, team in the Jake draft. Oh, God, Jake Fromm. <laughs> what an idiot. Let's just talk about that really quick because, you know, Jared Sidham's yeah. What the hell are you doing, man? Like, okay, if you've got really stupid opinions. Keep your stupid opinions to your freaking self. And if you're trying to get in a girl's pants, why are you texting her, A, elite white people should only have guns, and then B, saying, oh, I need to buy a suppressor for my gun? Like, what the fuck are you? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of what he said. Let's just say that. <laughs> I hate the fact that he's in Buffalo now. <laughs> so, yeah, he would have been perfect for the Patriots, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I thought he was a good pick for the Patriots, but the fact that they didn't pick a quarterback, I think, goes to show they're either drafting Lawrence or Fields next year. Yeah, or maybe they believe in Stidham. I'm not sure, honestly. I know they're going to give him a chance this year, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I don't know. I, they've also rolled with Brian Hoyer at times when he's been on the team. So, yeah, I mean, even if he plays, I mean, I think they're going to play Stidham at one point just because I don't think this team's going to have a successful year. So if they do play, it just doesn't make sense. Maybe they'll start well, with Hoyer, be like, hey, if we can win the first three games, let's stick with Hoyer or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if I'm Belichick, why don't you could literally trade a fifth round pick and get Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, bring him back home. Why not do yeah, that? I, that's yeah, not a bad not idea that? either because I think the Colts have clearly shown they're ready to move on. They brought in Easton. They brought in Rivers. Like, I don't think I don't think they really want anything to do with Brissett anymore after a pretty disappointing uh, season last year when he was given the chance to succeed. So I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that move either, man. Yeah, all they need is a game manager, realistically. Yeah, well, and I think Jacoby Brissett fits that No, goal. for sure. Um, for this next guy on the hate list, I know we got kind of distracted there, but, you know, that's how life goes. Um, and it's Jake Fromm's fault anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, this next guy is Julian Edelman. It's kind of tough for me to put him on this list. I know he's a Patriot, so I, you know, normally have disliked him for years. But, dude, this is a good player. Like, it's tough for me to uh, knock him down, especially because he just had another good season in 2019. But Edelman's 34, man. It just doesn't feel right anymore. He's an aging wide receiver on a team that's quickly looking to turn around and get young all of a sudden. Like, in an offseason, basically, they went from being win-now mode to, like, oh, shit, maybe we should clear house and blow this shit up. Um, and Edelman just doesn't fit anymore. He lost his his best buddy, Tom Brady, and I can imagine <laughs> he's depressed right now without Brady. I can't imagine what that dude's doing. He was like a, He's like a leech to Tom Brady, so I, I just... <laughs> yeah, man. Brady made him look so stupid when he left. Do you remember that like thing war where were they? Like a baseball game? Or yeah, something? and it was a basketball game. He's like, he's staying or something. Basketball like that. game. Yeah. yeah. And Brady's like, uh yeah. <laughs> like he definitely already was ready to sign the contract <laughs> with the Bucks at that. Yeah, game. it just it just doesn't feel like I don't know it just feels out of place now, to say the least, with Brady not there. And I, I just think Stidham 
Um, same draft class as Harry and, you know, the other options available. Like I think the Patriots had a sneaky move when they signed Marquise Lee. We're not even, we didn't even talk about him on the show yet. And I, I think he could have a very good season with them. And I just, it just feels like Edelman is going to be out of place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Edelman's always been a poor man's West. Yeah, Walker. exactly. He is. He has never been as good as mm-hmm. Wes Welker. Wes Welker was a completely different breed of wide receiver mm-hmm. and the Patriots tried replicating it twice once with Julian Edelman and once with Danny Amendola. I would say Edelman was the better of the two short white guys that they brought in to try to replicate Welker. But, and a huge, but on this Edelman's overhyped, Ooh. super overhyped. He is look Edelman is checked down. King. Mm-hmm. He is a, Run a curl five yards out, catch the ball, maybe get a couple more yards after contact. That's it. His biggest highlight to date was the catch when they played the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Other than that, I think this guy's all hype, whether it's because he can't stay on the field because of injury or because he decides to take steroids or for whatever reason. I honestly think he's gone at the trade deadline. But that's a hot take, I'll say for later. Yeah, um, it's funny you say that about the check down thing. I'll just say there's one last thing. We'll wrap this up. Um, you look at his numbers since like 2012 to 2019. Almost every one of those seasons, he had 11 yards per reception and seven yards per target, which is like almost a first down every time. Like those curls you're talking about, like those quick, like, you know what I mean? Like, like he, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Ends, the <laughs> that's actually crazy that's when you look at it. It's like 11.2, 2, 11.3, 11.3, 11.5, 11.2. Like, what? <laughs> that's crazy. Like, man, that's just, you know what that is? That's Tom Brady not being able to throw the ball as further <laughs> as he, you know, I don't think Tom Brady can actually throw the ball that far to begin with. But, man, like, fuck. Edelman is, I can remember last year, and yeah, it, it, you know what? This kid's going to know who I'm talking about because he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of both of us. But last year in a dynasty league, this kid like offered me a package for Christian McCaffrey that was just a bunch of role players, and the best player that he offered was Julian Edelman. I think it was like 12 role players, and the best one was Julian Edelman. And fuck, god damn, if I had taken that tra- trade, I would have looked so yeah, stupid. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, EJ. <laughs> All right. Um, when we come back, we're going to do the breakdown for the season, talk about how we feel this team's going to do. So make sure you stick around. Okay, and we're back. We'll just jump into it. We're going to do the team breakdown. I think me and Kyle have two varying differences on how we think this season's going to go for the Patriots. So, Kyle, why don't you get us started? Yeah, we have two varying differences, but they're both bad. Let's just say that. Um, This team has quickly aging talents on both sides of the ball, defense and offense. So it's really tough to understand what this team is going to do until they decide whether or not they're ready to move guys like Edelman White and the rest of the gang. Um, It's a weird schedule for them. I don't think it's that hard, honestly. I look at it, there's some challenging matchups, but I don't get the overall feeling that it's a – it's a daunting schedule, but I still don't have high hopes. Um, you got Miami, Seattle, L.A., Kansas City, and Denver to start the season off. Um, 
it should be interesting. Um, sorry, not LA, Las Vegas. I don't know why I said LA. Oh my <laughs> god, this all Vegas thing is throwing me off so bad. Um, I actually think they beat Miami and Vegas to start the season off, and maybe the Broncos. That's maybe a toss up. I don't really know how I feel about the Broncos yet, but it feels like Drew Locke could struggle against Belichick there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just because, like, and that's in the. That's in New England. Like it just feels like a trap game for Denver. Um, after the bye week, they got San Francisco, Buffalo, Jets, Baltimore, uh, Houston, um, Arizona, uh, Chargers, Rams, Miami, Buffalo, and New York. So it's not a bad schedule. There's some obviously tough teams like San Francisco, Baltimore are going to be really challenging. But I think out of it all, they don't really get much. I think they get six wins, and that's against the Dolphins, Raiders, Broncos, Jets. Chargers and Rams. Yeah, I am not a fan of this schedule. I actually disagree. I think this schedule is pretty damn difficult for the roster that they have. Um, well, that's true. Tough. I'm just saying when we've looked at the others, like I still keep thinking of that Redskins schedule. So everything yeah, seems easy besides okay. that. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Um, I think it's so fascinating that this team is so garbage and has four, what is this? Four primetime game slots, five primetime game slots. Yeah, they're that's... running five primetime game slots. That's insane. That's a terrible roster, too. Um, I am not as optimistic for this team as Kyle is. I think this team is hot garbage, and I'm really not convinced Belichick can write this Belichick can write the ship this season. Um, this team is a retirement home with a lack of talent and depth across the board. There's no way they compete for the division this year. I think the Pats go 4-12 and 12 this year, splitting a win with the Jets and wins over the Chargers, Cardinals, and Vegas. And I was super hesitant to put the Cardinals even on this list. Yeah, I just had... I just had to do it so I didn't put another one of these teams in this Division 3. <laughs> yeah, man. I It's tough, man. It's a toss-up. I really don't know. I don't know if they're even going to get six wins, but I, I, Belichick might just pull a Belichick and just somehow get eight and eight out of this or something like that. I just – I could not tell you what this team is going to do. Yeah, it is oh, – it is frustrating to say the least. If you are a fan of this team, I feel so bad for you. Eh, don't feel bad. They have enough Super Bowls that they can all stop whining for a little while. If they go, if they <laughs> suck for the next 10 years, you still have nothing to complain about. You just had gold for the last 20. Like, <laughs> Yeah, fair point to that. I guess, I guess let's just jump into the hot takes. Um, so I think that Edelman is traded to the Bucks at the trade deadline. I think he's gone. I think he goes to the Bucks. I don't think Brady will leave him just like that. Uh, I think Sony Michelle rushes for a thousand yards for the first time this year, R- regardless of if it's at three point five yards per carry or five yards per carry. I do think he will top a thousand yards this year. Uh, I think Isaiah Wynn becomes a top five left tackle in the whole league. I think Jared Stidham doesn't finish the season as the starter, and Hoyer takes over. And finishes the season. I think Devin McCourty balls out, makes the Pro Bowl, and then rides into the sunset for his retirement at the end of the season. And I think Mohamed Sanu is cut at the end of the season. It's interesting you say about Devin McCourty. What about Jason? He doesn't make the Pro Bowl? Jason McCourty's trash, man. <laughs> the only reason on it, okay, it's like the only reason Jason is on that team is one, they have no depth, they need him. But two, it's like, okay, you remember when Tua was at Alabama and Saban signed his little brother? Yeah. 
it was literally just the fucking so he didn't go anywhere. I don't think Jason's that bad, but I think Devin's definitely the better of the two. Let's just say that. Well, yeah, then here's my question. Do you think Devin McCourty is Hall of Fame worthy? No. No? Nah. You don't think so? What 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 does he have now? Three Super Bowls? Yeah, but co- uh, I I don't know. I guess it's like a it's a tough question. Do you have to put them both in if you do? <laughs> oh God, no. God no. <laughs> No, 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 no. This isn't this isn't the Make a Wish Foundation. And they definitely like, not the Sedin twins, let's just say that, as a as a Vancouver Canucks fan. <laughs> yeah, real crap. They're they're probably like they're decent twins, but they're like I could see the Pouncy twins being the first set of twins in the Hall of Fame before I see these guys. Yeah. Let's be honest, there's never been a there's never been a twin set quite like the the Sedins in hockey. I don't think we'll ever see like anything like that ever again in any sports. Like Ah uh... I'm trying to think basketball. There's the Morris twins. This is the closest you can get because they're actually on the same team. Like you know what I mean? Like the McCordys. I, yeah. Like everything else, they're not they don't play together. Like they're on different teams. I mean, I don't know. I think it's difficult because the Pouncy twins are super, super good at what they do. That's and the true. problem is is that they don't play a skill position. So it's hard to be like, oh well, like they're the greatest set of twins to ever play a professional sport, you know? They don't really get any so love. I, yeah, because you play offensive line, so I don't know. They have some great accomplishments between the two of them. They do. Like I think, I think, I think. Ever since they got in the league, there hasn't been a Pro Bowl where at least one of them has gone, if not both. Yeah, that's just insanity. Um, for my hot takes. Oh, excuse me, my God. <laughs> oh my God, you fucking okay there? Is that Jesus Christ? You're, uh, you're like the you're like the little fat kid who fell falls into the chocolate river. <laughs> Willy Wonka gets sucked up the tube. I'm sorry, man. I was not set to burp. <laughs> um, I do agree. I think Stidham struggles mightily this season. The Patriots take a quarterback in next year's absolutely star-studded quarterback class. Just insanity how loaded that class is. Um, I think Harry bounces back. Big time and goes north of 1,000 yards, man. Like, and pencil that in because I'm being serious about that. Um, so you think he's going to 10 times produce what he did last yeah, year? Yeah, I said that. Okay. I said that. I'll say okay. it again. Now shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, I think defense remains not the issue for the Patriots as the offense really struggles. And the defense will once again finish top 10. Belichick knows what he's Oof. doing. He could have a bunch of um, – like little children out on the defensive side of the ball, they'll find a way to succeed. <laughs> I think Sony Michelle does disappoint again, and Harris takes over the reins by midseason. Um, I think Chase Winovich uh, goes north of ten sacks, but like ten point five. Not like the, let's not get twisted. Yeah, yeah like I'm not saying insanity, but like ten point five wouldn't surprise me. And I think uh, Devin Azazi uh, is that how you say it, Azaya? As, 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 I don't know. Yeah, uh, they're a rookie tight end. Uh, he becomes a starter by October. Really talented player. Well, I mean, they took two tight ends in the third round. Yeah, the second so. one's more of like a pass blocker, though. Yeah. So, I mean, this could be interesting. I think it's like Matt Lacoste is the starting tight end as a He's right a now. bum. <laughs> He's yeah, like come on. He's like, just, he's a bum, bro. Like I think he played for Denver at one point, a bunch of other teams. He's just been like. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Now, do I agree with all of your hot takes? Not necessarily. Um, I'm not sure Harry just goes off for a thousand yards right off the bat. Um, 
I actually think this defense is going to be a lot worse than what it was last year. A lot worse than what it was last year. Because here's the thing. Let's, let's, I'm going to work down their starters right now, okay? And you tell me if you've even heard of some of these guys, okay? So they're starting – one of their starting DNs, Lawrence Gay, then Bo Allen at nose tackle, Dietrich Wise Jr. at defensive end, Chase Winovich at the weak side linebacker, Jawan Bentley at inside linebacker, Deontay Hightower at the other inside linebacker position, John Simon at strong side linebacker, Jason McCourty playing corner, Gilmore playing the other corner, Patrick Chung at safety, and Devin McCourty at safety. If you can't name some of these guys for starters, that's okay. I wouldn't know some of these guys either. But if you can also name some of these guys and you know who some of these guys are, Almost every guy I said beside Chase Winovich is over the age of 30. Yeah, and uh, Dietrich-wise also, but that's about it. Yeah. The, these guys are old. These these guys are old, old, old. They are a retirement home, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like... I think we should just put them away in a home, lock the door, and pretend like we forgot about them. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Belichick always finds a way. Let's just say that. Yeah, like if you want to, like, hey man, if you want to, like, uh, drink the Kool Aid. You know what? If you want to drink the Kool Aid, I say drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> but, but man, this this team defensively is going to be. Oh, even Dante Hightower regressed last season. Agreed. So, I mean, oh, I don't know, man. This team sucks. Yeah. Like, it makes me depressed to think about how good they were last season and how crappy they are this season. Talk about a night and day freaking change. All right. Anyways, uh, before I break out into tears mourning the uh, loss of the Patriots, uh, when we come back, we are bringing on friends of the show, Boz and Josh, and who are Patriots fans. And we are going to crap on them for having a team that is practically non-existent at this point. So make sure you stick around. All right, guys, and welcome back. Um, so sorry for Luke misleading you guys. Josh is, I guess, feeling under the weather this morning. And it just sounds like a cop-out so he could get away from his team being shat on. But we do have Derek Bosworth on the show. Derek, what's up, man? What's up, guys? It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back on, buddy. It's good to have you back on. So let's just uh, really quickly, uh, I want to ask your reaction to Tom Brady leaving. Oh, I was devastated. (laughs) I think, yeah, all of New England, we had to to take a break from everything for a while. Good thing coronavirus is going on. Wait, can I ask a question before you continue? So there's been a lot of shit in 2020. Where does Tom Brady leaving rank on that? Oh, um, <laughs> is he number one? No, no, I just want to see how how delusional he was as a Patriots fan. I think I think the protests and everything that's going on with that is the most important thing. Uh, and then I'd probably say uh, Tom Brady is a little more devastating than coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, 
that's a hot take. Holy. I love that's it. That's a hot take. He's been, our, uh, he's been New England's lifeline for about 20 years, so it's it's a tough loss. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, we're already talking Brady, so let's just get into it. Here's my first question for you. Do you think Tom Brady was a system quarterback? Um, No, absolutely not. You sound like uh, Barry, Barry McCockney. You guys know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in his prime, he was putting up, like, the biggest numbers in the league consistently. And, yeah, he was playing with, like, Randy Moss, Gronk, Welker. But his deep ball was one of the best in the game. He was the most accurate passer at one point. And he's the smartest quarterback in the league. That hasn't changed. So, no, he was definitely not a system QB. The system is very good. Bill Belichick's a great coach, but he was not a system QB. Tom Brady is a very good quarterback. Yeah. I, Kyle, you got an opinion? Yeah, I, I actually tend to agree with Boss um, on this one. I think towards the end, though, I think definitely he couldn't – he didn't have enough talent around him to succeed really anymore, and the old Tom Brady could make up for it by making your everyday average show look good, but he wasn't really that guy anymore. Um, I think it was – it's time for change for you guys, so I actually think as far as crisis goes, I, don't, I think Tom Brady leaving is very low as far as it goes for you guys just because I think it was warranted and it was time. Um, I think you guys should have drafted a quarterback in the draft, though, but that's a different story. Yeah, um, I agree with that. He, yeah, I can see like his body; it's not where it used to be. He can't make the throws that he wants. Well, yeah, to and you know what? And he finally wanted to get paid, paid, and I can't blame the guy. But you guys don't have to do it, even though he probably should have because he took pay cuts for so long. Um, but you know, Tampa Bay is willing to do it, so he might as well go there. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's interesting the whole Brady situation. Um, who knows? I said this earlier in the podcast. I think you guys should have gone after uh, Jake Fromm and all of his elite whiteness that comes with him <laughs> in the draft. What a piece but, of shit, uh, man! <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we didn't take him. Now. I just, of course, he's in Buffalo now. I just like hate it. I I already saw articles. They're like, are the Bills going to cup Jake Fromm? I was like, I don't even know. They just drafted the guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason that in his first ever preseason game, there's literally his offense line will not block for him for the first snap. I'll put money on it, dude. There's just and he's just gonna get killed. I don't want to. I, I don't want to talk longer on that because there's no defending the guy. Like you know what I mean. Let's just move on. Okay, all right, let's move on then. So, uh, so Boz, uh, how do you uh, how do you feel your draft went with all the trading back that took place? with Belichick this year. I liked it a lot because we ended up with a whole bunch of picks in the top 100, but we didn't get any in the first round. But the our first pick was basically a first rounder. It was 37th overall. And I liked that we grabbed a lot of depth on the edge of our defense. We grabbed um, Josh Ucci and Afrini Jennings. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Ucci, he's, he's going to be, he's going to take a few years to develop. I think he needs to put on some weight but he's going to be a stud and we needed to address tight end. And we know we did, but I definitely would not have gone with Asiasi and Dalton Keen where we did get them. They like, they were barely on my radar Mm -hmm. when I was drafting tight ends, but I have heard that uh, Asiasi like 
a lot of NFL teams were much higher than like fantasy analysts on Asiasi. So, I mean, we addressed our need. That's all I can say on the tight ends. And um, my favorite pick was by far Kyle Duger. Mm-hmm. He's he's a beast. Um, played D two, but he can line up anywhere on the field, and I think he's going to take over that Patrick Chung role right away because they did resign Patrick Chung, but I think it's just for some guidance. Although he's not going to give the greatest guidance, but <laughs> I mean, if he can keep his nose clean, <laughs> literally and figuratively, yeah, he can he can show him all the best spots in New England to party. That's for sure. Um, but no, I you know I didn't hate your draft. It definitely was interesting to say the least. Uh, I like Ozzy Ozzy because of opportunity, not because of skill. Really, I, I know I talked about him a little early on the show, um, but I definitely see what you're saying. I th- was shocked at the how the tight ends went in this draft, so I don't really want to talk about that anymore <laughs> but uh josh uche might be a nice uh player in a few years we actually talked about somebody on the show earlier he made our love list what do you think of chase winovich man chase oh i love chase winovich. <laughs> we both do man we love the guy <laughs> yeah he, he's gonna take over that dn spot he can line up on the all the way on the edge too he's versatile he's strong and he's just he and he's got gorgeous him. hair, man. I yeah. cannot stress it enough. He's got that luscious hair. <laughs> he's got the Clay Matthews hair, and that's, <laughs> that's all you need when yeah, you're I, playing that position. I hope he never cuts his hair. That'd be a freaking travesty if he did. He reminds me of a young Tom Brady. Remember when Brady had long hair? Does anybody remember that? <laughs> <laughs> when he had the mullet growing out of the back of his helmet? That was like peak Tom Brady, man. <laughs> That was pretty good, Tom Brady. But, uh, you know, I have a quick question. Was it the Patriots who drafted the white supremacist kicker in the sixth round of the draft? Oh, oh, no. Yes, it was. But, oh, I don't even want to talk about that. Is he still on the team? Yeah, he is. Um, they needed a kicker, but why draft a kicker? That He wasn't even the top-rated kicker in the draft. And like, yeah, I thought the top rated kicker was the guy out of Georgia with the goggles. I love that dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's it's an interesting world we're living in right now. Let's just say that. Um, that I didn't understand that move either. So let's just move on with all these pieces of shit. So you know, the Froms of the world and other things like that. Let's just say that. Um, but. Moving on, let's talk about somebody who isn't like that type of guy, and that's Jared Stidham. We're not really sure what to think of him. We talked about it a little bit on the show already, but do you think it's tank for Lawrence, or can Stidham actually do something this year? So I definitely hope he proves me wrong, but I think Stidham, he, he has a good arm. He's a good talent, but he folds under pressure, and it's been proven time and time again. And if he if he hasn't improved that, then we're gonna lose a lot of games. And Fields, Lawrence, Trey Lance, there's a lot of QBs in this draft class that I would like a lot better than Jared Stidham. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with the next year's draft class is loaded. And this is interesting. And then I'll let Luke attack Stidham because I know he's ready to go off. Um, but. It's interesting you say that Stidham folds under pressure because no matter what you think of Brady, Brady was the king under pressure. Like no matter what your opinion of the guy is, like you could think he's a system quarterback like Luke clearly does or think he's like one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but he's cool and calm and collective under pressure, and I definitely agree with you. Stidham does not fit that bill. 
Yeah, Jared Stidham is an interesting figure. Uh, you know, like in high school, he was one of the best high school quarterbacks to ever play the game. He had a, 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 like a documentary done on him in high school. Went to went to Baylor, didn't work out. Went to Auburn instead. Played at Auburn, had a eh, career at <laughs> Auburn. Got another documentary done about him while he was there. Gets trapped in the fourth round by the Patriots. And the thing is, is Belichick's the type of coach who will praise guys when they're doing well. Like, he won't, like, suck their dicks necessarily. Like, some other coaches, like Josh McDaniels, let's say. But um, but he will praise his guys who are doing well. And I always – you never heard Belichick talk about Stidham in practice or or – talk about Stidham in after a preseason game or anything like that. Stidham was kind of like an afterthought, even with Brady still there and people knowing that he could potentially leave. Nobody even thought that Stidham would be the starter going into this season. So I have to think that even Belichick after the season doesn't think Stidham's still going to be the guy. Yeah, um, I can see that because when Jimmy G was doing well, he just... Belichick was sucking his dick a little bit. (laughs) But I can see the same situation happening with Stidham, where if he does well in the first couple of weeks, we could flip him for some picks. Yeah, I I don't know if teams would buy him that that high for a couple picks. I mean, like, I know in fantasy-wise, in dynasty drafts, I have seen Stidham go over guys like Dwayne Haskins almost every single draft. Yeah, I, w- I would Which not is take that. Insane. Yeah, I don't. I definitely don't see that. I, I think, I think we're probably all in the same boat when it comes to Sidham. I think most of us, and I think most of the Pats organization is hoping that Belichick has enough capacity to tank. I don't know if he does. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, Derek. Like, do you think Belichick can actually, like, does he have the ability to tank? Like no, definitely not. Like, and he doesn't have the mindset to like to get into it. Like, he won't. He doesn't like losing. So it's. Oh my god, he was the Browns' head coach for a full year. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, Luke. They might struggle this season, but I'm saying you kind of need a mindset when you're tanking. It's like, oh, okay, we know we're gonna lose. Do you not agree? Yeah, when he was the Browns' coach, the Browns were terrible. So yeah, like, he wasn't trying to tank. They just sucked. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think Belichick. If Belichick can cheat the way he cheats, I think he can tank with the best. All right, all right. Nobody's cheating on the show. Let's not get controversial. Um, I know we struggled to find some guys we loved and hated. I mean, no, well, no, we struggled to find some guys we loved and uh, had a lot we hated. But uh, who do you really like on this team as far as like love goes on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball? Well, on the offense, it's very tough to find someone I love. <laughs> but um, I think Sony Michelle, where he's being drafted in fantasy right now, is is very low. People forget he was a first round running back. There was only one first round running back in this loaded class, and the Pats will feed him this year, like behind the best O line in the league, one of the best units. Uh, I won't put it the best. <laughs> It's pretty close, I'd it, say. It's definitely better, and um, I'll let you continue, though. Yeah, Sony Michelle, like, he can catch the ball. He can run the ball. Like, he's just a very good player. He's He doesn't do anything too special, but when he's going to get fed the ball 20 times a game, 
I like his upside where he's being drafted right now. And what about the defensive side of the ball? Oh, uh, I got so Kyle Duger. Obviously, I love him. And my other guy is Juwan Bentley. He's an inside linebacker entering his third year out of Purdue. And he has shown a bunch of growth in his first two seasons. And we let go of uh, Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins. We let both of them walk. So it gives him an opportunity to step in there and be the main inside linebacker. And I think he's going to take that opportunity and run with it and become one of the premier linebackers in the league. Ooh. Luke, you want to start this first? Wow. Uh, premier linebacker. That's an interesting one. I, the only thing I say is premier at Purdue is how crappy the name of that school is. Um, I mean, I don't want to hate him. But I think he's still got a lot of growth to do. I think he's still got a lot that he has to work on to be a top interior linebacker. But then again, he could just become a Blake Martinez and just tackle everybody and not have to worry about coverage. And then I guess, yeah, he'd be he'd be pretty much worth it picking up an IDP league. Um, but I told you, Kyle, Sony Michelle is going to have a no. good season. Just remember uh, that. Uh, I, I don't really agree um, with Tony Michelle, I just I get his draft capital, but um, I think I've seen enough personally of him to know that I don't like the guy. He did an abysmal year last year as far as yards per carry go. Um, he got carried. He got a lot of opportunity to succeed and didn't really do much with it, in my opinion. And he's only had a few really good stretches la- uh, last season or two years ago during the playoffs. Um, that was the only stretch where I saw him play consistently good. Um, in my opinion. So it's just, I personally am not high on the guy. I'd much rather buy Damian Harris at his value right now and hope that somehow he becomes the guy. I think it would take an injury for Damian Harris to get an opportunity like that because James White's going to carry the ball a little bit too. Well, James Um, White's probably gone after this season, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, he's going to take all the passing snaps. Um, Rex Burkhead, I, I wouldn't even talk about him i don't think he's gonna be anything <laughs> and yeah sony's gonna I don't, I don't know man he, he at one point rex burkhead was the best white running back in the whole league <laughs> yeah he, he has random games where he'll score like four touchdowns out of nowhere he just he's like jordan howard only he's white like you know like that's i, I said that earlier when we were talking about uh running backs i was like yeah jordan howard always has that like four touchdown game like one time a year and that's when you got to sell him like after that 50 point game you're just like abandoned chip like get rid of him <laughs> um so moving on, um, I know it's going to be kind of a weird year. We, by the way, before I bring up, I guess, this next point, I see you guys going 6 and 10. And you want to hear what Luke sees you guys going as? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. <laughs> uh, 4 and 12. Oh, my God. We're, we're winning <laughs> eight games. Okay, we can, we, can, we, can, we can get into this really quick. I have no problem with this. So, look. Out of the schedule, out of this, out of the sixteen teams they play, they play Miami twice, Buffalo twice, and New York twice. Okay, then they play Seattle, who they're not going to beat. Vegas, who they'll probably beat. They're not beating Kansas City. There's no way they beat Denver. They don't beat San Francisco. They don't beat Buffalo either times. They're I see splitting them with splitting Buffalo. one of the two. No, they're not splitting with Buffalo. The Buffalo has one of the top defenses Except- in the league, and Jared Stidham. We don't even know if Jared Stidham can complete a pass. <laughs> <yards> <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> you can't beat 
<laughs> you can't beat Belichick twice in the same season. It's he's the best coach. Sure, in the I swear, I. I did that not happen with the Miami Miracle? I swear they beat them both times. Actually, I think they did. Miami somehow always gets it. <laughs> yeah, Miami's a Miami's exactly. a tricky team, bro. <laughs> so I and so I don't think they beat Buffalo. I think they split a series with New York. I think Baltimore crushes them. Houston crushes them. I think they can potentially beat Arizona and the Chargers in back to back weeks. Then I think the Rams crush them, and so like. I, I, the only teams I have them actually beating are the Jets, the Chargers, the Cardinals, and Vegas. And I was actually kind of hesitant to put the Cardinals on that list. I I disagree with that. But I said the Jets. But I said the Jets were going three and thirteen last episode, so I kind of had to up it for the Pats. <laughs> but the Pats will win five of their six uh, divisional games. Yeah. No way. No way. So you're telling me they don't beat the Bills once? I'm telling you they beat them once. Yeah, and they don't yeah. they don't lose they to anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Miami though, that game is pretty much 50-50 no matter what the teams look like. It's it's a toss up in that game. I think it's it's going to be an interesting year. Would you put a number on their wins then, Mister Cocky Fuck? I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I'd say eight or nine. Wow. I'm just I'm just curious really quick though. This is what I'm curious about. Let's say you guys play Miami, okay? Who is going to beat Byron Jones and Xavier Xavier Howard? Sony Michelle, we don't have to pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, I can see you guys being so high on Michelle because he's gonna get the rock a billion times a game, man. It doesn't even matter if he's good. He's just gonna have to like fall forward because he's gonna get in the ball so much. <laughs> I uh, think James White will also catch a lot of passes because we don't have any weapons out there. No, I definitely agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, that I think we both year. agree that definitely especially this year feels like a great year to just pick up white for the one season and just like immediately like dump him like, like immediately afterwards. So like whoever, like for whatever you can get uh, to get into next year's class. Um, moving on though. Um, I know you probably have a billion very good memories, but what's your favorite one as being a Pats fan? You spoiled motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this question and it, ho- it like hit me close to home. This is- <laughs> One of the best memories I've ever had. It was the Pats and Seahawks Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Please and, continue. Um, so after Jermaine Curse made that ridiculous catch, like I was with my whole like extended family, a couple friends. We're all in my living room. We're all like, oh, no, it's happening again. We're losing another Super Bowl. And then Malcolm Butler makes that play. And everyone was just jumping around, like dancing, like it was wild. And then we look outside and my neighbor's running as fast as he can, screaming down like the street, just a Pats jersey on, no pants. It was wild. That like whole night was just incredible. Ah. Uh, I don't know. That should have been a Seahawks. That, the funny part is we that's that's such an opposite league. memory for Luke. Like, <laughs> that's the best part about it. That's like that's probably his worst memory of a Seahawks fan. Like, look, honestly, honestly, that play should have worked. <clears throat> it should have worked. I mean, 
if Malcolm Butler had impressed the way he pressed, if he had was a even a second later, that pass is complete. We win the Super Bowl, and I'm calling that my favorite Seahawks memory of all time. But it didn't happen, and we didn't give Marshawn Lynch the arguably one of the best backs of the 2010s, the Rock, and oh. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, I'm not oh, going to deny that it's a it was, it was, there was a lot of luck involved, but it felt good. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Really, really quickly, speaking of Patriots memories, whatever happened to Steven Ridley? Oh, I, wow, dude. I, concussions, and then he just disappeared. I, I couldn't tell you. He was, he was young, and like he had a lot of potential, and then a couple of concussions. Well, he was like the only running back they've had in the last recent bit who I was like, oh, they don't need a committee for this guy. Like, he can just do it all himself. And I, he just like, what, he signed with the Steelers, right? And then fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, Steelers, the Steelers, they tend to do that with running backs. Yeah, don't, don't, let's not get into that backfield of misery right now because that's a whole other mess. Um, but it, Luke had an interesting question on here, so I'll just let him take away with it. Yeah, man. So, I mean, the early 2000s were an interesting year to be the Patriots, a Patriots fan uh, with the start of the dynasty and then Eli Manning proving to be uh, the kryptonite to your team. So I'm curious. Fuck, Mary kill Belichick, Brady, Wes Welker. All right. So I had the I mean, I'm killing Wes Welker. I think that's a given. He like he was one of the best slot receivers of all time. But Brady and Belichick, they're. 20-year goat and so i chose to fuck brady and marry belichick just because um i think we can still get by with just belichick if we get ourselves a top-tier quarterback like just in a just an above average quarterback i think we'll get by we'll get a lot of playoff wins still with belichick but without Brady, uh, I mean, yeah, without Brady, we'll still be all right. And without Belichick, it's it's over. I don't think I think we would have won maybe one Super Bowl without Belichick. He's he's the goat. Now here's my question: Would your answer have changed if I put Randy Moss in that question instead of Wes Walker? It wouldn't have, but it would have been a lot closer. See this. Is, Damn. Well, Kyle, I, I think you. Opinion? I think it's tough because you couldn't. You, there's not really a third player you could put there, right? I mean, like at the end of the day, can you think of even one Patriot that you could put there that would make that question almost impossible? Like, like Carter, boss. Like, no. you know, <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, like Willie, it's, Willie it's Brady Gaines. and Belichick, right? So it's really just between the two of them. Like, but you got to really just pick one to to fucking one to marry at the end of the day, like. I don't know because, honestly, in the early 2000s, Brady wasn't the quarterback that he became in the late 2010s. So, honestly, I think that if if, if that question had a guy like Willie Gay in it, I might be answering it differently. Am I saying Willie Gay? Is that the uh, Willie McGinnis for the Patriots? Willie McGinnis. <laughs> Why the fuck am I saying Willie Gay? Yeah, Willie McGinnis. Thank you. Uh, I, I would pick Willie McGinnis over uh, Tom Brady in that situation, uh, I, honestly, because I don't think they win. Yeah, I agree with him. you. Like in the early two thousands, it was all defense pretty much, but Brady still 
if you split his career into two careers, the before 2010 and after 2010, he's making the Hall of Fame twice. There's yeah. no other player that, that it, has. It's that just in, it's insanity. He's uh, it's just insanity. I really hope you guys suck this year. Um, before <laughs> we we wrap up the show, though, uh, we want to go over one th- more thing. Um, we never got a chance to get your mouse rush more of the Patriots last time you were on, so we love to hear about who your favorite for. All right, so it's Brady Belichick. That's self-explanatory. And then the last two, I actually had a hard time with. Um, so one of them, I put Teddy Bruschi, but it was simply because he was the leader of the defense in the early 2000s. So it's basically like the whole defense, but Teddy Bruschi was the centerpiece of that. So that includes like Willie McGinnis, Ty Law, Rodney Harrison, their whole defense. They won them the God first couple. Damn, that defense was crazy. Yeah. And so I put him up there just because he was he was the centerpiece of that defense and they won them three Super Bowls. And then my next guy is a little controversial. I have Dante Hightower. Yeah. Because, right, there's so many great Patriots, but there's none that have been the reason that they won two Super Bowls except for Dante Hightower. The Falcons, he had that strip sack that completely that won them the Super Bowl. Once that happened, everyone knew it was going to be the most incredible comeback of all time. And um, against the Rams, he dominated that game. He shut down their play-action passing, which is their whole offense. He shut down Todd Gurley. He should have won the MVP against the Rams, in my opinion. I think he belongs on that Mount Rushmore just because he won them two Super Bowls. Without him, they would not have won either of those Super Bowls. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a controversial pick that right is. there with uh, Dante Hightower. I don't know. I always thought he was just an average linebacker. He steps best. up when it's needed. He may be average during the regular season, but he becomes one of the best in the league in the playoffs, and he just makes plays when you need him. Yeah, I could see that. Kyle, you know what? I can't really dispute what he's saying right now. So if those are two fond memories, you know what I mean? I can't really argue with, but I know we have our last minute, so I'm just going to rattle off mine. I think Brady and Belichick makes sense. Um, And then I would actually argue that Ty Law uh, would make mine personally. And I just, when I think of the Patriots, I think of Rob Gronkowski, and I don't think that will ever change, honestly. Yeah, he was he was the one that I was debating with. Yeah, I just I can't not think of Gronkowski when I think of the Pats anymore. Like, yeah, I I mean I I, I agree with that. I would probably go Belichick, Brady, Willie McGinnis, and wait, uh, where's Willie Gay on that list? Oh wait, no, that was just your mess up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would I would actually I would sub out Gronk and I would sub out. Uh, high tower, and I, I, I like that because you can use so you could use Vinatieri for your you same exact him. reasons that yeah, you put hot tower I, on there. I actually thought of that just before the <laughs> I was like, oh, there's no way they'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's the same justification. Two Super Bowls, right? Without Vinatieri, you don't win two. Yeah, craziness, man. 
I mean, he was one. Of, he is the agree. Best so, so that's a nice answer. ending point that we can all agree on. Boz, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. And make sure you guys stick around for some closing. All right, and thanks to Boz for coming on the show, and thank you to Josh for making me look like an absolute idiot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really awesome to have him on. I uh, got some perspective. He disrespected uh, Adam Vinatieri like that, but it's fine. You know, the non-Patriots fan will uh, will will clean up his mess. But uh, yeah, that was an awesome episode. Really enjoyed crapping on the Patriots. It feels like I, nobody's been able to do that in a while, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, should be an interesting season in the AFC East for sure. Um, the next two will be controversial as well. And I think the Bills are the only team that most people are unanimously on the same page about, I think. Um, but it should be interesting. I know the world is pretty crazy right now. Um, we mentioned a few of the things going on with Jake Fromm and stuff. Just no matter what's going on in your life, make sure you be safe, be careful, um, and just we love you all. That's it. Yeah, good, good, good on that one, Kyle. And uh, make sure if you guys aren't already, all of our social medias at Dynasty Kings Pod. That's on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. We don't have Facebook. What are we? Freaking fifty-five with kids. <laughs> um, uh, on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Dynasty Kings Pod. It's again. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for Boz for coming on, and we will talk to you guys later. Peace.